Sports Scripts with DCROM is brought to you by Top Choice Athletics, the number one company in customized sports equipment and apparel, specializing in baseball, basketball, soccer, volleyball, tennis, golf, and of course, football. All apparel and equipment can be customized according to your needs. To stay tuned to exciting sports news and deals, follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Top Choice Athletics and follow them on Twitter at RealTCAthletics. Check out their awesome products and order online today from TopChoiceAthletics.com. Welcome back to Sports Crush with D-Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromwell. Hope all of you who are celebrating have had a very happy Hanukkah. And before we begin, I want to profoundly, profoundly apologize for us being MIA last week. Thanksgiving hangover, if there is such a thing, but that's the best way I can describe it. Anyway, the 2018 NFL season is down to its final quarter, and it's around this time of year we expect the playoff picture to become more clear. But because of what transpired last week and the week before, for a matter of fact, it's still pretty murky as it currently stands, isn't it, Hal Bent? It certainly is, David, and there are a number of teams as uh, that are just hanging along on the, what do we call it, the fringes of the playoffs right now at 6-6. Six and six. It is, there are a lot of fringe teams out there, so we've only got, you know, four more games to go, so let's see what's going on here as we come down the home stretch as it is of this 2018 NFL season it's going to be very interesting and very heart palpitating as it always is and before we uh, talk about uh, the exciting slate of action this week uh, let's talk about our takeaways from these past two weeks week 12 and week 13 and here's one of mine Aaron Donald must be highly 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 considered not for Defensive Player of the Year, because if he doesn't win this honor, he'll definitely win Defensive Player of the Year. He must be highly considered for MVP. 16 and a half sacks. More than half of them have occurred when he's being double or triple teamed. And a lot of those sacks, if not most of them, I would say, have come in key situations of the game where the Rams needed a turnover, um, when the game is hanging in the balance late in the fourth quarter, or when they're trailing and he single-handedly changes the game. Aaron Donald has made the Rams where they are and what they are in large part because he has come up with countless big plays in each and every game that have turned the tables and have been the difference between a Rams win and Rams loss. Amen, David. And as much as there is, unfortunately, that bias against defensive players when it comes to the MVP, there is no one that is having the impact, and not just this year, but last year and the year before that, that Aaron Donald has 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 had, and he has really established himself not just as the premier player in the NFL, but your great point that he is probably one of, if not the, one of the premier players, total offense or defense in the NFL. And he's really shining on the big stage this year with so much attention on those Los Angeles Rams with their best record in the NFL. You said it, Hal, and another one of my big observations is to watch out for the Seattle Seahawks. Back in August, we were thinking this was a team that was in the beginning of a rebuild. This was a team that could even have the first overall pick of the draft, for crying out loud. How wrong we were. And we were ridiculing the hire of Brian Schottenheimer, and his history made us uh, 
correct in our assumption initially, but turns out that assumption was wrong too. Russell Wilson is still playing as good, if not better than ever. The running game is back in Seattle. The offensive line now keeps Russell Wilson clean and is able to open a lot of holes for that running game. And that running game makes a young defense that is still learning the ropes uh, not have to see the field as often as possible in the game, and that has made the Seahawks uh, wh- where they are right now at seven and five, and uh, a strong candidate to squeak into the playoffs. That is a great, great point, David. I'm I'm thinking back to our NFL predictions we did back at the uh, end of August, and uh, I hate to say it, but geez, I had Seattle at six and ten, and I'm so <laughs> along with everybody else, unfortunately. But but you know, I think this this is a great point in that you know, with all the emphasis on the new coaches, uh, the coaches coming in with their new exciting offenses, there's still room for that old guard and. And Pete Carroll is just doing a heck of a job coaching that team to victories week after week. They're pulling them out of their hat. He's riding that hot hand of Russell Wilson with a, a you know, a flock of no names around him on offense and that defense that seems to be growing and growing. And, you know, kudos to Pete Carroll. I didn't think he had it in him for this year, but Talk about rebuilding on the fly. This Seattle Seahawks team has done a great job of that in 2018. More of rebranding themselves back to their old ways. You know, uh, it was Marshawn Lynch of that ground game that was the engine of that offense during the Legion of Boom years. And with the Legion of Boom gone, they brought the beast mode back, although it's a committee situation. But they're running the ball better than anybody in the league right now. And the Seahawks have gotten back to basics. They certainly have, and that that running back by committee, which is apparently the you know we see so many teams doing that these days in the NFL. So what do we call that? A a modern throwback in Seattle. <laughs> a modern throwback. That's an excellent way to put it, Hal. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from weeks twelve and thirteen? Well, I th- I think last week you know it was it was one of those strange weeks that you know happens every once in a while here in the NFL and. It's like we're trying to interpret the tea leaves of what happened on the unlucky week 13. It, was it a hiccup? Was it a speed bump? Are there bigger issues that we're not seeing that have been hidden? Indianapolis shut out by a Jacksonville team that turns around on a short week and gets blown out by Tennessee. We see New Orleans' potent offense shut down by the Dallas Cowboys. Carolina, who looked ready to challenge the Saints a mere month ago, can't seem to buy a win, and now they're losing to Tampa Bay. Uh, it's you know Tennessee has to fight back against the Jets down 16-0. The Raiders put pushed the Kansas City Chiefs to the brink. I didn't think I'd be able to say that. And the Pittsburgh Steelers losing a winnable game, allowing the Chargers to step up and potentially push them out of that conversation for the uh, first round bye, which is so important in the playoffs. So we've got to interpret all of these games and say, is this a is this a sign? Is this team headed for a tailspin? So many teams, so many speed bumps in week 13 that. There's only four games to go, and and now everything's thrown up in the air, and we're not sure where everybody's going to land now. 
Oh, we're definitely not sure right now, Hal. And that's exactly what makes these next four weeks so fun and exciting. And the anticipation just keeps growing every single minute uh, before it begins this Sunday. And now let's go on to a game that will try to answer some of those questions. It's our favorite game, Truth or Exaggeration. And we start in Green Bay. They have fired Mike McCarthy and are looking towards a new um, chapter of the Aaron Rodgers era in Titletown. But let's focus on now for the Packers. If the Packers lose one of their next two games, Aaron Rodgers must be put on ice for the rest of the season. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an exaggeration. There's, It doesn't make sense where they've lost five out of six to say that, you know, why do you keep exposing him? You've got Deshaun Kaiser, who's 22 years old and supposedly the backup of the future here. So he's going to need some snaps. But, you know, those young wide receivers that they have there, you know, the Valdez Scantling, St. Brown, you know, we need to see Aaron Rodgers let those players grow and get the best out of them coming down the stretch and build momentum for next season. So I'm going to say that's exaggeration. Oh, very, very good point there, Hal. That is definitely a reason to keep Aaron Rodgers on the field even when or if the Packers are eliminated from playoff contention. Moving on to Kansas City, the Kareem Hunt saga will not only cost the Chiefs their chance at the AFC's number one seed, but it'll cost them the AFC West title as well. I think that's a truth. I I really do. I mean, he is such a large and underrated part of that offense, and it's and it's very easy to get caught up with the those flashier players on the Kansas City offense and and think about you know oh those seventy five yard passes, uh, you know and. Travis Kelsey and the numbers that he puts up week after week so consistently but Kareem Hunt is that that little engine that pushes that that team forward that that ability to grind out the running game get the safeties pulled up closer to the line of scrimmage than they want to be is what allows Tyreek Hill to use that great speed and get past the defense that's that allows Travis Kelsey to find those soft spots with the linebackers coming up to the line of scrimmage trying to stop Hunt and you can't discount the impact that he's had in the passing game as well I I mean a, a running back that's averaging almost 15 yards per reception seven receiving touchdowns in 11 games I'm sorry, you're just not going to make that up with Spencer Ware. It's just not possible for Kansas City. Yeah, and plus the fact that that back end of that defense is still just Ugh. awful. Uh, that uh, Without a running game to keep that uh, unit off the field for as long as possible, that uh, is going to come back and bite them. I completely agree. The Chargers and Texans have the AFC's most talented rosters. Yeah, I'll give that a truth. I, I, I really think they have the, the most talented, balanced rosters right now. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, Kansas City, obviously the best offense, but that defense is just terrible. Um, 
New England has been improving, but you know, it wasn't that long ago. They were one and two and looked really slow on defense. And I, I know the coaching covers up a lot there, but they lack athleticism on that defense and that's going to hurt them come the playoffs. Baltimore's a one-sided team just on the defense. Pittsburgh, I'm not sure what they are anymore. They, they're just wallowing in inconsistency week after week. So I'll give it to them. You know, the Chargers in Houston, definitely. Unfortunately, Kansas City and New England and Pittsburgh, I think, have a little advantage in the coaching department. And that's what's going to make these playoffs so much fun. Oh, another very good point there, Hal. Coaching could indeed be the difference as it usually is. And let's go to the Rocky Mountains right now, where the Broncos are on a four-game win streak, a three-game win streak, excuse me. And regardless of what happens for the Broncos down the stretch, and keep in mind they've lost uh, some key players to injuries just a couple days ago, Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris is likely out uh, for the regular season, arguably two of their most important players uh, that they're going to need or and will not be available. But regardless of what happens down the stretch, the Broncos should bring back Vance Joseph for another season as they continue their gradual roster overhaul. That is a tough one. You know, I <laughs> when they were sitting at, at three and six after going into the bye week after losing to the Texans, you know, I I, I, I was standing and chanting, you know, VJ must go. But, um, you know, these, these guys are playing for him. They, they really are. And, you know, if they don't straighten out that quarterback situation, you know, he may just deserve another year. Um, at the head coach position to see if this team can hang on. And if you don't have that quarterback coming in and you don't have, you know, complete trust in that, you know, Bill Musgraves, the guy to shepherd that new quarterback, and you're just going to ride out Case Keenum again and fight for that last wild card, go for it. Leave him. Vance Joseph, truth. Oh, it's going to be a very interesting scenario to see what unfolds in Denver, regardless of what happens these final uh, four games for the Broncos. And back to the Steelers for a minute. We are witnessing the beginning of the end of the Steelers' dominance in the Ben Roethlisberger era. Uh, I'm going to go exaggeration on that. There's still too many talented players on both sides of that football. There's that solid nucleus that's that's not going away. Um, you know, James Connors showed that, you know, he they have the replacement in-house for Le'Veon Bell. Juju Smith-Schuster is entering year three next year. Antonio Brown may be 30, but he's still one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, you add in J.J. Watt on that defense. Terrell Edmonds, who's had a difficult rookie season should be improving next year and there's just too many there's just too many pieces on both sides of the ball and like I said you know that that coaching staff uh, is gonna keep them consistently in the hunt year after year as long as Ben Roethlisberger is back there and and able to play at that Ben Roethlisberger level. Uh, These next four weeks will tell us whether or not that is a truth or exaggeration on the part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And speaking of the Steelers and close divisional battles, let's break down the final four games 
for some of the closest uh, divisional battles out there, starting with the NFC North, where the Bears and Vikings uh, look like it's going to go down to the wire between them. Uh, the Bears' final four games, they got the Rams this Sunday night in Chicago, which will obviously be tough. Then a Week 15 game with the Packers at home. And even though they're likely out of the playoffs, uh, the Packers are going to love to play spoiler. And then they travel to San Francisco to face the 49ers and conclude Week 17 at the Vikings. The Vikings have a tough, tough game this Monday night against the Seahawks in Seattle. Then they travel back home to play the Dolphins. Then they get their easiest of those three games against the Lions on the road to Detroit. And obviously they conclude at home against the Bears Week 17. Who would you say is the favorite to come out on top in the NFC North, the Vikings or the Bears? Oh, I think it's definitely the Bears. You know, I mean, going to Seattle is a tough game. Um, Detroit should be an easy win for Minnesota, but it's on the road. And, and Minnesota's really, uh, you know, had some struggles on the road this year. Um, and that's really hurt them. And, you know, for the Bears, you know, if you had asked me a month ago, those last four games, Rams, Packers, 49ers, Vikings, I would have said, geez, I could see the Bears going one and three. I think it's pretty much locked in there, three and one coming down the stretch, and and the Vikings just you know may not that that last game may not even mean anything for the Vikings there uh, in week seventeen against the Bears. Oh, that's interesting, Cal. I'm going to go with the Vikings actually because I just think uh, that both teams lose this week, and I will tell you why later. Um, I lock the Vikings in for two wins. And I just have to give them the edge at home against the Bears. And the Bears, I only been to lock them in for one win against the 49ers. So as of now, I would say the Vikings are the favorite, at least in my eyes. But uh, we'll know more at the end of uh, Week 14. And we should definitely have a better grasp on it at the end of Week 15, if not this week. So that's going to go down to the wire. There's nothing else to it. And we'll get to see which one of us is going to be eating crow there. And moving on to the other North Division, the AFC North between the Steelers and Ravens. The Ravens have to travel to Arrowhead this week to play the Chiefs. Then they go back home to take on Tampa. Then they travel to L.A. to face the Chargers, and they conclude at home against the Browns. Steelers uh, have the elixir they need after those last two losses uh, this week as they travel to Oakland to play the Raiders. But then they have to face the Patriots at home. But then they have to go on the road to play the Saints, and they conclude Week 17 against the Bengals. Believe it or not, looking at these two schedules, I actually am going to stick with the Steelers as the favorite to come out on top of the AFC North because as hard as those Patriots-Saints games are going to be, uh, the Raiders and Bengals are two borderline gimmies, and the only gimme I see for the Ravens is against Tampa. I don't think that Browns game is a gimme for them. I still think the Steelers have to be considered the favorite to win the AFC North. What about you, Hal? I agree completely, and and even that Tampa Bay game, you know, the way Jameis Winston's been playing the last few weeks, I'm not sure that's a gimme either, and I know it's, you know, the Ravens are exciting, and and Lamar Jackson back there at quarterback, and they're, they're running the ball all over the place, but, you know, we've seen these running quarterbacks before. It's just a matter of time until these teams get enough tape on these running back running quarterbacks and uh, those point totals start dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And I know we both love that Ravens defense, but, you know, 
the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Chargers, the Browns, that that's four pretty good offenses that they're going to be facing. And I think I have to give I have to go with you and give that edge to the Steelers as well with that schedule. Burp, 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 burp. There's our first simpatico alert of the night. We're simpatico on the Steelers as the favorites in the AFC North. And sticking in the AFC for a moment, who is the favorite for the AFC's number six playoff seed? Is it the loser between the Ravens and Steelers for the AFC North? Is it the Colts, the Broncos, the Titans, or the Dolphins? What do you think, Cal? You know, I I, I know they had a, a rough game last week on offense, but I, I'm going to look at the Colts and look at last week not as a negative in losing to Jacksonville six to nothing, but I'm going to look at that as a positive and say. Hey, the Colts defense held a team to six points. That's great for them. Okay. So, you know, they got a huge game against the Texans this week. I think that they can go into Houston and win that. The Cowboys is a tough matchup. The Giants shouldn't be quite as tough. And then you're looking at going on the road to Tennessee with possibly for all the marbles for that sixth uh, final AFC playoff spot. And, you know, if it comes down to that, it's going to be hard to bet against Andrew Luck with the season that he's had this year. And and I'll give you know Andrew Luck a slight advantage over Marcus Mariota, even on the road, and say, I think it's going to be the Colts. The Andrew Luck fan in me hopes you are right, but if the Colts do not beat the Texans this week, I got to go with the Titans because they have the easiest final four games in terms of strength of schedule out of any team of the entire National Football League. And you saw what they did last night against the Jaguars. They absolutely manhandled them from start to finish, although you saw that the Jaguars quit, and we're going to talk more about that next week because I think there has to be a lot of changes made in Jacksonville after this season, and it's not just at the quarterback position. We'll talk more about that next week. But the Titans, based on their schedule, Unless the Colts beat the Texans this week, you got to go with the Titans. And since uh, I currently picked the Texans to win that game, although I think it's going to be very competitive, I'm going to go with the Titans as the favorite for the AFC's number six seed because Mike Vrabel has made that team achieve in the clutch when they needed to the most. And moving on to the NFC, who are the favorites for the NFC's wildcard seeds? The Bears-Vikings loser, the loser of that battle for the NFC North, the Seahawks, the Eagles... Or somebody else. You know, I, I've been picking them all year, and they, I, I just don't know what's wrong with the defending champions here in Philadelphia. I mean, they are the definition of a 500 team. You know, it seems, you know, they just can't put it all together for whatever reason that is. You know, they struggle to beat the Giants. You know, their easiest win of the season is coming against, you know, the Mark Sanchez Redskins. And then they've got to go on the road against the Cowboys and the Rams the next two weeks. That seems like an impossible schedule. That seems like the Eagles shouldn't be able to make their run and somehow come out of this with that last spot, but I'm going to put my faith in the Eagles one more time and say they're going to find a way to do it, and they're going to lock down that wild card spot, and they're going to be that team no division champion is going to want to play come wild card weekend. And that leaves for the other wild card seed, now that you mentioned the Eagles, will it be the Seahawks or the loser 
of the NFC North divisional competition between the Bears and Vikings? Well, I already picked against the Vikings with the Bears there, so I, I think it's going to be the Seahawks. I really do. I, I, you know, like we had talked about earlier, you know, that it's it's a refreshing and fun team to watch. You know, the, they're so good on both sides of the ball. They're so fast and dynamic. Um, it, it's just a fun team to watch. And, you know, you've got Arizona, you've got San Francisco as two of those four games. Um, I think they're going to beat the Vikings. So, you know, other than that Chiefs game, and that's at home, you know, I, I'm looking at the Seahawks as pretty much locked in on that fifth seed. I would have to agree with you right there, Hal. And uh, the Vikings, uh, their last best shot at a playoff berth might be decided this week for them. Will it? I think it will. I think they have to win if they're going to be a playoff team in 2018. Um, I think they're they're at the point now where this is a must-win game um, going into Seattle, which is, as we've said, not an easy place for any team to play and go into Seattle on a, you know, on a primetime Monday night game. That's a tough environment for any team to go into. And if the Vikings want to be a playoff team, they're going to have to play like a champion on Monday night football. He is Hal Bent, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter at HalBent01, and you can catch most of his work at FullPressCoverage.com. And now it's time for our Top Choice Athletics Trivia Question of the Week. The winner of this weekly contest will be the recipient of some of the best sporting equipment from our friends at Top Choice Athletics. And here it is. Who currently holds the record for most rushing yards in a single game? Once again, who currently holds the record for most rushing yards in a single game? game and if you have the answer to that question and you want to get some nice equipment from top choice athletics please tweet it to me at sports crunch or send it to me on facebook and now let's move on to our rapid fire predictions we are not going to break down any individual game this week uh, because of timing unfortunately so many great games this week but we just are going to have to pick them in our rapid fire prediction segment starting at arrowhead where the chiefs host the ravens and although i I'm now currently expecting the Chiefs to be a, the fifth seed in the AFC and lose the division to the Chargers. I think they win this game against Baltimore because Lamar Jackson, he's looked good these past couple weeks. But as you said, they're going to uh, catch up on the tape. And they say after two games is when they start catching up. And it's been more than two games. The Chiefs are definitely going to have a better performance on defense than we're used to seeing from them. And Patrick Mahomes uh, is able to light up the uh, Ravens defense. Yes, they're the top uh, scoring defense in the league, but Cam Newton laid a laid a 30-burger on them, and I think Pat Mahomes lays a 30-burger on them, and the Chiefs end up winning by a final score of 34-23. to yeah, I know I said the the Ravens, they're catching up on them. Just not this week. I, I think the Ravens are going to pull this game out over the Chiefs. It may take overtime to do so, but no Sammy Watkins in Kansas City. Uh, you know, the, the whole Kareem Hunt situation, it's going to be a tough week for the Chiefs there with all those distractions swirling around them. And I can see, you know, the, even though it's in Kansas City, defense travels. Um, and I think the Ravens have just enough against that Chiefs defense, which just has not put it together yet this year. And I see the Ravens with a 27 to 24 win over Kansas City. Ooh, is that your upset special this week, Hal? 
oh, that's not even my upset special. How upset special is that? <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. And the Giants, after a very impressive win over the Bears in overtime last week, travel to D.C. to take out the Mark Sanchez-led Redskins. This is a hold-your-nose-sneak ball unless you have anybody in fantasy football in that game. And uh, Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. are the only two guys that make this game watchable. And I actually think the Giants come away with a pretty easy 23-10 win. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's going to be, you know, one of those games you flipping a coin on it. You know, the, the Redskins, they still have a, a pretty solid defense there. It's a little dinged up, but I think they'll have just enough to, uh, hold off the G men there. And I've got it. Washington 24 giants 20. You could very well be right there. This is, like I said, it's a stink bowl, so it's a pretty much a quite yes. flip, but I just believe that the playmakers of Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. are enough to win that game, in my opinion. The Saints lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 1, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on a two-game win streak, but the Saints have had a week and a half to prepare for this game, and this is a game, if they want to keep their chances at the number one seed alive, that they must win. I think they beat the Bucks this time by a final score of 35 to 24. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a pretty easy one for the Saints. You know, I, I know that the, there's a lot of players there that that week one loss there is sticking in their cross still. And uh, pretty easy, 31 to 16 for the Saints. The Patriots uh, traveled down south to Miami to take on the Dolphins. And I think this is uh, going to be a pretty easy game for the Patriots. They just absolutely annihilated the Dolphins last time with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. They're going to do the same again, and they're going to win by a final score of 35-17. to 17. Yeah, You know, Miami is Tom Brady's house of horrors. He's 7-7. Seven- seven and nine there he's two and four in the past six seasons but you know the Patriots usually at the end of the season in Miami they're dinged up they're they're almost perfectly healthy at this point and the Dolphins are going to be without their star cornerback Xavier Howard who picked off Brady twice last year and I think that's going to be just enough to make a difference and uh, New England should have a pretty easy go of it 27 to 13. We talked about this game earlier, the Houston Texans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. And if there is a moment in time for this Texans nine-game win streak to stop, this could be it. I think you're right, David. And, you know, I, I'm really looking to see the Colts bounce back. It's it's a tough game. It's in Houston, but I, I'm on the Andrew Luck bandwagon still. I'm not jumping off after one bad game. I've got the Colts 24-22 to 22 over the Texans. And how cool will it be watching J.J. Watt go up against Quentin Nelson? Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> yes, do you think Quentin Nelson wins more of his fair share of the reps? I think he does. You know, it, it, you're giving up the experience there, but you're bringing in a lot of power and athleticism. It's just one of those great matchups that, you know— you're going to be screaming at the TV. No, no, no. Leave the camera on the line. Don't don't show the quarterback dropping back, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, you said it. And I was going to pick the Texans, but I don't have an upset special this week. And given the fact that Andrew Luck is no stranger to adversity, Andrew Luck has bounced back from adversity many times before, and now I'm starting to think he'll do so again. If there is a 
time for the Texans' win streak to stop. It's this week because their remaining games are rather easy, dare I say. So I have taken the Colts in a 24-23 upset. And a game of two super disappointing teams at Lambeau Field, the Falcons taking on the Packers. Uh, given the fact this is cold and in Green Bay, you have to give the weather advantage to the Joe Fieldman coach Packers, and I think they come away with a 31-24 to victory. Yeah, I'm pretty close on that. A little lower scoring, but uh, Green Bay 24-17 to over the Falcons. The struggling Carolina Panthers, whose coaching staff has been put on notice by new owner David Tepper, travel to Cleveland to take on Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I have been reluctant to pick the Browns in the past. But not this week. I'm going to pick the Browns to win this game. I just think the Panthers are in a tailspin. Cam Newton is just not 100%. And he is going to be running for his life against that ferocious pass rush in Cleveland. I see Baker Mayfield and company pulling out a 24-20 to victory. I don't even think it'll be that close. You know, you're going to see the Cleveland Browns in 2018 above 500 in games not coached by Hugh Jackson. I've got Cleveland 27 to 16 over Carolina. The Red Hot Denver Broncos on a three-game win streak, including wins over the Chargers and Steelers, but minus Chris Harris and Emmanuel Sanders, travel to San Francisco to take on Kyle Shanahan, the son of the coach that led him to two Super Bowls. And his 49ers. Uh, this is kind of a coin flip game, isn't it, Hal? Yeah, I mean, oh, those injuries piling up for Denver, you know, just when you thought they were going to be in position to make a run, uh, that really, really hurts them, especially Emmanuel Sanders, who's driven that offense all season. But um, I think it'll be ugly. I think it'll be close. But San Francisco's playing for that number one pick. I'm going to go Denver 20, San Francisco 16. I'm going to go low scoring, but I'm going to go with the 49ers because if the Broncos do end up firing Vance Joseph, it'll be fitting that he loses to the runner-up in that interview a couple years ago in Kyle Shanahan by a final score of 17-16. to And so I'm going with the 49ers in that game. This is an easy game. Bengals against Chargers. Jeff Driscoll, Bengals, no more A.J. Green against the Chargers. I think you got to lock in the Chargers for this one for a relatively easy win. Oh, yeah. This is the blowout of the week here. I've got the Chargers 38-13 uh, to 13 over the Bengals. I think I'll go with that exact same score, 38-13. to 13. That is a good one, Hal. And the Lions and Cardinals in a battle for draft slots... Uh, based on what the Cardinals did in Green Bay last week and the fact that the Lions are super banged up, yes, the Cardinals lost Christian Kirk, but the the Cardinals uh, haven't had that many receiving threats this year. Lions are super banged up. I like the Cardinals at home in an ugly uh, 20-17 to 17 type game. Yeah, I've got it pretty close to that. I flipped the coin. It came up for Detroit, though, 20-14 to 14 over Arizona. Yeah, it's going to depend on whether the Cardinals want to stay in the top five of the draft or tumble down the board. Uh, the Steelers, uh, after losing two heartbreaking games in a row, this is the matchup they need. Traveling to Oakland to take on the Raiders, even without James Conner, I think they win rather easily 31-13. Uh, to 13. Well, yeah, I picked the Colts over the Texans. That wasn't my upset special. I picked the Ravens over the Chiefs. Still not my upset special. This is the upset special oh! here. So, <laughs> so this is going to come out in the bold predictions later. But let me just say Oakland 30, Pittsburgh 27. 
more to come on this game. You have me singing that song in my sleep tonight, Hal. <laughs> the autumn wind is a pirate. <laughs> That's classic NFL films music, isn't it? Certainly is. It certainly is. Yeah, I was just watching that the other the uh, the, the special on John Madden the other day, and it's all I could think of was those oh those classic old Raiders teams of my youth. Oh, and uh, and that music is symbolic, isn't it? Goodness, it it just sends every time it sends chills down you you down your back, and it it's like I'm six years old and hearing it again for the first time. You know, you said it, Hal. And the Cowboys and that amazing defense led by, dare I say, the two all-pro linebackers that I'd have on my all-pro team this year in Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Hmm. It's tough to argue against them. They are the, uh, you know, just like Jacksonville's linebackers last year, Dallas has kind of jumped ahead of them with their duo. Most certainly, and they host the Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champs, in a must-must-win game if they're to keep those playoff hopes alive. I just can't bet against the Cowboys in this defense. After what they did to Breeze, it's it, it's hard not to bet against them, especially at home. This game is going to be close, but based on the success the Cowboys had against that banged-up Eagles defense last time, I think the Cowboys defense musters just enough to eke out a close 24-21 victory. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I still pick the Cowboys, even though I still think the Eagles are somehow going to get into the playoffs. They're just not going to get in by beating the Cowboys here this week. So I have it Dallas 20 to 16 over Philadelphia. And a very, very exciting game on Sunday night football at Soldier Field between the Rams and the Bears. And for the Rams to, uh, clinch home field advantage in the playoffs symbolically based on their remaining schedule after this game this could be it because if the rams lose this game they could be in big trouble uh in the race for home field advantage so what do you think Cal? you know it's you know you, you sunday night prime time in chicago the new monsters of the midway uh, i'm picking the bears you know mitch trubisky back at quarterback i think think they'll ride that wave of emotion and it's 33 to 30 in a close game but the bears pull it out yeah do you think the cold chicago weather can have effect on the rams oh definitely any precision passing offense like that anytime you get into the cold and you know whether it's in the midwest or the northeast and the winds are swirling and you know that just plays havoc on those wide receivers who aren't used to to feeling those numb fingers when they're reaching for that football in the air it it has a big difference i think and i i think that'll play a key role in the bears coming out with a huge win for them while the bears fan in me wants to trust you hal i just can't and here's why the bears defense just has as good if not great as they've been this season they just haven't learned how to close games out against high-powered offenses. Uh, last week against the Giants, uh, I don't say the Giants are high-powered offense because of Eli Manning. They're only a high-powered offense due to Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley, period, end of story. Uh, they just didn't close the deal last week, and they're quietly getting gashed in the run game right now. Their run defense has quietly given up two consecutive 100-plus rushing yard performances to the Lions, 
a couple weeks ago on Thanksgiving and to Saquon Barkley and the Giants last week. And now you got to face Todd Gurley. Give me a break. The cold might have an effect on that Rams passing game, but they're going to ride Todd Gurley to another 100-plus rushing yard performance, and that will be enough to put the Rams on top by a score of 31-24. to And last but not least, Monday Night Football, a pivotal battle for a potential NFC wildcard spot. This could be the game that winds up deciding it all. Vikings and Seahawks, I just can't bet against the Seahawks right now. Can you? Not at all. No, I I think the Vikings will go in. It'll be a a tough, grinded-out kind of game, but I've got the Seahawks taking it 27-26 to over Minnesota. We're simpatico there. I think the Seahawks win 27-24. to Very similar scores that we have agreed to there. And now moving on to our bowl predictions for Week 14. What is your bowl prediction for this Sunday, Hal? Oh, I, I called it the – forget the upset special of the week, but this could be the upset special of the year. The Oakland Raiders over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, no James Conner for Pittsburgh. They're on the road. Oakland, I mean – the the fight they showed against Kansas City last week. This game was thirty three to thirty with just under seven minutes to play in the game, and they forced the Chargers, uh, the the Chiefs' high powered offense to convert three third downs going down the field to ice that game away, and they did not make it easy. Uh, you know, Derek Carr played probably one of his best games. Granted, it was Kansas City secondary, but at the same time, and Factor this in, Steelers, they may get caught looking ahead because in two weeks, it's the New England Patriots coming to Pittsburgh, which is always a huge game that has been circled on that calendar, and it's going to be very easy for them to overlook those weak Oakland Raiders who are starting to show some fight coming down the stretch playing for Chucky. So that's my upset special, my bold prediction is Oakland over Pittsburgh. So your bowl prediction is essentially your upset special of the week. It, it is. It, it, they, they both tied in together on this one. And I have no problem with that, but I'm going to do something a little different here for my week 14 bowl predictions. Cam Newton threw five interceptions last week against Tampa and that horrendous secondary. Cam Newton will throw not one, not two, not three, not four, Not five, but six interceptions against the Cleveland Browns defense this Sunday. His shoulder is just not 100% going against that pass rush. And Denzel Ward, who is an underrated defensive rookie of the year candidate, you just just can't beat that opportunity if you're the Browns defense. Cam Newton, six interceptions this Sunday after throwing five last week. And last but not least, we conclude with our challenge flags. And I'm going to challenge the Los Angeles Chargers. As Hal just said about the Pittsburgh Steelers, to not get caught looking ahead to the Patriots, Chargers do not get caught looking ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs next Thursday night in a game that could decide who wins the AFC West. Stay focused on the task at hand, which are the Cincinnati Bengals. Don't get caught looking ahead to Thursday, and you should be fine. What about you, Hal? What's your challenge flag? My challenge flag, those Indianapolis Colts that I'm still riding that bandwagon, you know, challenge them to put that loss to Jacksonville in the rear view and find that running game. 
12 rushes for 32 yards against Jacksonville from your running backs last week. That's why you're losing games like that. Come on, Frank, you know better than that. It all starts with the running game. Get that play action working. Get Andrew Luck throwing that ball downfield. NFL fans want Andrew Luck in the playoffs. That's your challenge right now, Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts. Get him there. He is Hale Benton, ladies and gentlemen, fullpresscoverage.com. And for Patriots fans, you can catch his Patriots-themed work at musketfire.com and bostonsportpage.com. Hal Bent, follow him on Twitter at halbent one It's great to see you again, Hal. And I definitely look forward to covering these remaining four weeks of the NFL season with you, plus the playoffs. It's going to be another bumpy ride. It certainly is, but it's going to be fun. And, and like I said, we're, we're turning the corner. We're coming down that home stretch now. And, you know, whether it's for draft positioning, playoff positioning, bye week positioning, there are going to be a lot of fun games here in this last month of the NFL season. And, uh, David, thank you for having me on here with you again to, to chronicle this and look ahead. And uh, it's going to be a great finish to the season. I can't wait. I cannot wait either, Hal, and that's it for today here on Sports Crunch, but we'll be back next week to preview Week 15, so stay tuned. I promise this time, no more MIA the rest of the way. And meanwhile, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com, and remember, that's Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Hal. For Hal Bent, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as always, stay awesome.